0: Welcome to our new episode of Modern Employer hashtag wildcards. What an awesome name, by the way. I'm still buzzing from it. Uh, our new podcast episode for remote onboarding experience. We've actually asked you guys about the subject that we wanted in this podcast. And you know, you, you've said what you wanted, and we are giving you exactly that.
1: hi guys i'm so excited because this is this is a good good topic very excited
0: this topic has a lot of value so it's always i'm gonna throw out our value statement at you so let's talk about remote onboarding because getting the onboarding right is not easy in the first place. There's a lot of things you have to consider to make your people happy. The end of the day, this is you introducing them, not only to your business as context, but you also introduce them to your people and to your culture. And how do you do it in the right way? You know, questionable from every direction, but now take this to the next level and make this onboarding experience remote way more difficult, right? So this podcast focuses on walking you through the entire onboarding experience from pre-onboarding to actual onboarding sessions to then probationary reviews. Getting your people integrated into the business will go a long way. Forget the quality of hire and start thinking about what you do to empower your employees to be their best selves so that the quality of hire concept is, is getting rephrased into how good you have integrated this person onto your business so that that transition is so seamless. There is no like hire conversation. Oh, that was a bad hire. (laughs) Um, So let's, you know, let's kick this off. We are going to be talking about pre-onboarding at first. And what do we mean uh, when we say pre-onboarding? We mean from the moment that an offer was accepted to the moment that somebody starts with you on their very first day at work. Your onboarding can be quick. You know, it can be slow. You can... Uh, maybe be a larger company where you recruit standard at least 6 to 10 people every other month or you know maybe you recruit one or two people a quarter and you have a time scale to kind of sort this out uh, in advance but in any case we just recommend that you keep everything for your pre onboarding handy almost like a list of templates maybe you can have a google drive folder where you save literally your entire pre-onboarding pack and every time you have a new person who's accepted the offer you send them out templates from that folder so you never have to worry about you know creating something from scratch every single time
1: totally agree on the folder part by the way guys so me and alia had a chat yesterday about folders um, and having templates and where those templates are put and um, the fact you can have an onboarding pack already ready and a folder for all of that is is fantastic and all of those things can be free you can use free google drives for that as well um, and you don't need to spend excessive amounts of money on on templates
0: we do not want to spend excessive amounts of money. (laughs) In fact, I am literally amazed to say that currently, or in my previous roles even, I spent zero out of my people budget on any of the onboarding. The only money invested was the time of the people who were running introductory sessions with the newbies. so yeah, you can that is
1: that, super yeah. impressive.
0: You, you can count that, of course, as your onboarding budget, and you should count it as your onboarding budget, but that means basically that you should also watch out for kind of investing in just some costly onboarding methods when you can set out a process where it's, it's all free. Um, Yeah,
1: and I I can vouch that that is scalable. So even if you are a larger company, um, you don't need a huge process driven tool per se for that, Um, you know, as long as long as your people team know how to use this um, and know how to use it well, um, your hiring managers know how to use it. um, That's what matters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. so let's let's chat about why pre-onboarding is important first of all when you are um just just remember just like go back to your last role where you (laughs) were hired okay you have uh had the phone call from them they've explained how much money they're gonna pay you you said yes and then they maybe sent a contract to you, maybe same day, maybe two weeks later, <laughs> right? Right. Maybe they will uh, keep chatting with you until your first day, send you some material, or maybe there is complete and utter silence and you're like, oh my God, what? Am I going to start or not? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: maybe. <laughs> not a great idea, but if that is you, Maybe you could take some advice.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, getting uh, your pre onboarding setup is so important because you are literally uh, doing this thing to make the person on the other on the other end, right, of the stick of the equation feel mm. like they are engaging with you feel like they are going to definitely start with you, feel yeah. safe about starting with you, feel welcomed from your team and and just have this
1: sense of psychological safety about that job they just signed a contract for. Absolutely, and that piece with engagement that you just mentioned should start from the moment you are recruiting. It It shouldn't ever fall to pieces as soon as someone has um, signed a contract, for instance, Um, and just because there might be two months before a delayed start, before they start, um, don't lose engagement, show them your culture.
0: I I really echo this. Um, So what are the different ways that you can basically do that? Um, As I mentioned before, you may have a folder where you keep all of your templates, but there are also some some tips uh, that I have to to have, you know, some more human welcomes outside of just the template stuff. And one of those things is organizing for your future new starter to meet with your team. Currently, it's even easier because we're we're remote. Correct. We do these things virtually right now. So when you're having maybe a spontaneous Friday drink at Switchy, we have a regular spontaneous Friday drink <laughs> at five p.m. every Friday. So uh, it's not so spontaneous, but I mean, sort of pun intended. You know
1: it's coming. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know it's coming, and everybody is waiting for it from Wednesday. Um, so, so kind of, we know it's going to happen or we have some other virtual socials every two exactly. weeks. For example, we have some sort of virtual social where we play some games. Uh, Halloween is coming up, virtual Christmas yeah. party is coming up. So those are some great, uh, you know, social events where you have, uh, if not all of your company, but most of your company, they're having fun showing their true characters being informal and inviting your future new starter into that environment will really help them feel your culture it will help them uh, get familiar with other people and another thing which is in kind of the unconscious aspect of it really is um a lot of people lost their jobs or have been in the Correct. market before uh, everything went remote. A lot of people lost their jobs back in March and they're still looking. So right. you actually, and this is what happened to us at Swishy, you actually may be hiring a new person and expecting them to work remotely with you when they have never done this before. Right. So inviting uh, them into those virtual social events or your, you know, virtual lunch and learn sessions leading up to their start date is going to give them a taster of what it even means to be virtual with a bunch of people on the screen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with the audience. Like, this is for me. So, for those of you who are a bit like me about policies and you know this person external you know like oh you know we're we're drinking it's past like social hours um you know but you know they've not been given the policies yet and they're not you know part of the company technically um just quite yet until their start date commences um if something happens what do I do if you're like that um I think you know my question to you was what if something happened, right? Like, what if something happened? But actually, um, now that we are in a virtual land and um, if this person is due to start and something was to go wrong, at least you can say, well, actually, um, maybe this person isn't someone we should be hiring. Um, And it does show true sense of like character of that person as well. And hopefully by the time you get to a stage where You've, they've signed the dotted lines, you do know who they are because you've done a thorough interview um, and your process is good enough for that. Um, so, I mean, I loved this, that you you do this, um, because I haven't done, done this in the past.
0: Yeah, I can completely appreciate where you're coming from, you know, uh, what if they do something wrong? But fine, let them do it now. Let them do it before their start date. Because if they do it after their start date and you want to fire them for it, you will have to be paying out their notice because now they've entered the contract. (laughs) So maybe, you know, just better get it over and done with. Introduce them to your team. See what they're going to do. If they're going to start harassing everyone on their first call, perhaps there was some flaw with your hiring process and you've, you've missed that, or perhaps this is just a bad luck thing, but at least you will see it also in advance. But you know, on the other hand, you know, the same thing can go for your team. What if your team says something weird? What if somebody the team will like say something that is not truly representative of the culture and will throw the new hire off? Mm-hmm. And For that, what I personally do is I warn people in advance, and it's not like we have something to hide. (laughs) It's more about giving a safe environment for the new person. So I let my team know in advance, I say, guys, in one week or in two weeks we're going to have this person join our virtual social they are you know coming from such and such they're joining such and such role and uh, they'd love to meet you all and this is a great opportunity for me to bring that person in and have them see your face please be welcoming please sort of uh, just be aware that this is something that's happening and I hope you're excited to meet them. And usually that's enough. And honestly, in my, in me practicing this for a few years now, I have never been in a situation where that went wrong.
1: <laughs> no, and that's great. I mean, thank God. And hopefully it'll never go wrong, right? Exactly. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> hopefully you've hired the right type of people that never go wrong. And, and, and it's wonderful that you... Um, you actually, like, as you said, not warn people, but um, inform people that somebody else externally is going to be coming in because um, they are going to be part of the team on this date and we want them to feel welcomed. Um, The reason for that is because sometimes when you know you've worked in a company for even one two weeks um you start feeling part of very much part of the culture and when someone external comes in maybe you're not engaging with that person un- like unconsciously you're not engaging with that person right um so it's great that you give that sort of information um but also it's also a good thing to say like you know look this this is also we have to uphold our like culture and our values and show them what it's really what it's like to be part of us um to so be yourselves as well because you you are our culture and values um but you know also do engage with them but don't overwhelm them with like work information this is a social gathering right yeah, yeah
0: absolutely so. And, uh, you know, I had, I had the most hilarious, welcoming ones. I, I, so we hired a new person during the lockdown, and we've invited them into our virtual social where we did this uh, murder mystery, which is quite fun. Mm. By I highly recommend. Um, so we did this murder mystery where basically everybody is given a character. Uh, in advance and they read about their character and they try to play out this character including the way they dress including their Mm. accent their demeanor all those things
1: so is it like Pluto then
0: like (laughs) I'm not sure I've never sort of never tried that but this one is like a pretend game where you read the script but it's very funny because those characters are very funny um So, so, this new person was uh, just came in. Everybody is dressed really funny. I was playing like a uh, pretentious fashionista, hippie, psychedelic woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so and you're I, like that's yeah, me, generally.
0: <laughs> that's literally me as well. So I was just you know within my element. And uh, I had all my hue lights all over the flat. I was wearing um, like a shower sponge on my head, like a flower, <laughs> whatever. I was, I was all out, right? And and everybody else was also all out. And and then this new person comes in, right? So they're like, What the heck? Where am I? Um, oh. but then, but then uh, the, the best thing happened where I'm like you are a culture fit, sir. <laughs> when this person just turned around somewhere, grabbed a long uh black-haired wig, put it on his head, <laughs> flipped his hair to the side, and went so into character for the rest of the night. <laughs> this was ridiculously brilliant it was absolutely splendid
1: and it's great that they get that sense of this is who we are and we're not we're we're not ashamed of that and this is what we want to show you and this is the level of fun that you can have every month with us um (laughs) and this is what to expect right yeah And, and you you know you you hired well and that's the uh, beauty of all of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really rewarding, obviously, to see any new hire you make uh, really be so well integrated into the team. But I also think that sometimes having these invitations before they're started also allows them to integrate uh, informally outside of this high-pressure environment of being there. For the first time on their first day or their first week or first month, you're almost taking a level of well being. Absolutely. You're taking this entire element of integration out of the most stressful time period and put mm-hmm. it into the pre onboarding time period. You're separating the two, making fun out of it rather than stress out of it.
1: Correct which is wonderful (laughs) i mean thank you so
0: much but i really recommend everyone listen to this podcast go and try this
1: look i i haven't personally done this but you know we are building a remote onboarding plan um we've never had onboarding actually that's been planned out with process and um or anything really um so this is the first time someone in in the organization like myself is building that out and i'm doing it from scratch and this is one of the things i'm so happy that i'm going to be implementing um and it won't it won't cost us much you know to implement this um and it won't cost me more time to implement this either
0: yeah i'm happy to hear uh so Okay, guys, uh, that aside, that was probably the most kind of um, creative way of doing the pre-onboarding. The rest of it is also creative, also fun, but that is the stuff that you can now make more scalable. So go back to that folder I told you about on Google Drive or maybe you have it on your desktop, on your laptop, whatever it is. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first thing is I recommend creating an onboarding pack. Onboarding pack can be a presentation that you do on Canva, that you do on Google Slides, that you do on PowerPoint, you know, whatever software you like. So what we include in this uh, PDF, um, personally myself, I include information about the business what the heck is the company that you've joined about the people in this company what are you know the people perhaps the organizational structure what is the culture in this company what what are your values how do you conduct yourself Uh, Perhaps you may share in there how you uh, give feedback to each other at your company. Perhaps you will share how your managers treat their team and vice versa. Um, Just like a couple of things about, you know, this is still all your culture, but it's slightly more hinting at how you conduct yourself so that this person, again, is their transition is better. They're more easily integrated. I also include some remote working tips. Make um, sure you can find it all over the internet. Just pick the ones that apply most to your business and you can share them there. I also include uh, a guide on the EMI scheme, but this is just you know where applicable. Some roles don't uh, qualify for the EMI scheme, so obviously they're not gonna get the guide. But others, uh, very, very low number of people um, that I've hired in my experience actually knew what the hell the EMI scheme is. And even people who used to be on the EMI scheme in their previous company have still never been explained what this scheme is. So having something like this in your pre-onboarding is also really great. It will almost, not only explain to your new person what value they're getting out of it but inspire them for the future of the company because at the end of the day you know the harder we'll work the the more value uh, they're going to get from that scheme in the end so it's kind of pretty inspirational as well
1: yeah yeah like things like pensions and stuff can be sort of done in your onboarding but emi is so important like if, especially if your company do offer the emi scheme um you know, the amount of people that just don't know what it is um, with share options and how what it is and how how you fulfill that as an in as an individual, the amounts you have that kind of thing um, when it comes into effect, that kind of thing. Um, I think it's so important, like um, it, it's something that I, I don't necessarily put in my pre-onboarding, but um, it is a really good point to put that in maybe your pre-onboarding, like um, simple like rundown of benefits as well, um, just because it gives them something to look forward to. And when benefits actually um, come into play, because I do that generally in my onboarding, but um, you know a lot of the time people ask that before they're even onboarded
0: yeah yeah I mean the benefits benefits are funny fish because you you share your benefits on the job description and sometimes that list is not including all of your benefits as well so sometimes um, you have those benefits listed in the offer letter sometimes you have those benefits listed on your careers page um, sometimes your uh, HR software has those benefits listed when the person onboards themselves so it's really about identifying for your business uh, where you want this information to be kept and how you would like for it to be presented to your people
1: and especially when those benefits come to play um, because not every benefit um in a lot of companies happen from day one it's normally after probation period some of them some benefits happen after probation some benefits are at day one um, especially things like if you're offering uh, medical and health care um insurance when does that take into effect does it take into effect after probationary or is that a day one benefit um is life if you're offering life cover when does that happen um, and these are some pre-onboarding maybe a timelines you can give to two people so that they know and they don't ask those questions at onboarding so it could actually save you a ton of time.
0: Totally. So that was the pre-onboarding part, um, including that uh, sort of document, uh, if you will, that has all of that information that will help somebody read a little bit about you before they start, get them excited, get them entertained. But also, when you have someone's pre-onboarding being quite long, maybe they're doing a three months notice, maybe they're doing a two months notice, you know like that can be a very long wait uh, before they start a new job with you. So space it out, invite, invite them to the virtual events at one day then a week later, send them the onboarding part uh, pack then like couple of weeks later, send them something else. So when it comes to uh, getting closer and closer to their first day, I recommend sending um, another thing to them and that is an onboarding schedule. Um, It is a bigger conversation, obviously, about what your onboarding will actually look like. Uh, In my company currently at Switchy and in my company before at Passport and the one before at QuickUp, I've always had um, an onboarding program that consisted of sessions run by other colleagues. There were company-wide sessions uh, that were introductory. So maybe introduction to marketing, introduction to customer success, introduction to our product market fit, introduction to, I don't know, like the company's mission as a whole. Um, And then you have some role-specific sessions. Uh, Those would be run by their manager, or by members on their team, or by any other internal stakeholders that they would be working closely with on any of the processes. Um, so from that, uh, from kind of knowing that roughly where those sessions are in that onboarding plan, ideally, I recommend to book it obviously in advance before this person joins. In fact, I recommend booking it uh, as far in advance as you can, so that in case any of your uh, employees um, that will be hosting those sessions have other plans or will start moving stuff around or proposing new time slots or anything like that. Try get it all figured out before the person joins and will actually have to move half of their stuff around or never get it at all. So sorting all of this out, you know, takes a bit of time, two weeks in advance, send it out a week before, just check with everyone, they're still doing it, they're still fine. And then send an onboarding schedule or call it an onboarding calendar to the person who is about to start again in advance. So I use Canva for this, but again, you can use virtually anything. You could use uh, a document and then export it as a PDF, make it nice, and make it with pictures or just visually appealing. Whatever you want to do, have your marketing team help you if you you know don't have the uh, sort of the, the passion <laughs> for 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 <laughs> like that. But it, it's up to you. Um, the idea is to you know just just make it exciting make it good to look at and have that as a calendar just say in there on you know 12th of october you're going to have such and such sessions with such and such people on the 14th you're going to have these on the 16th you're going to have these so that people before they join they see in advance what their onboarding is going to look like now there are two reasons why I do this, why I send them an onboarding calendar before they start. First, I want to show them that we have thought about them, that we have planned out their onboarding journey, that we have customized customized that journey to uh, empower them to sort of have the smoothest transition into our business and our context as much as possible but another thing that why i do this is because i want this person to understand that as they are coming in you know and being new and having this period of uncertainty i want to remove as much uncertainty from the situation as possible and giving that structure and giving that day-to-day schedule to them in advance removes uncertainty, because suddenly, the question in your mind, what am I going to do on my first day? And what am I going to do the week after? Like, (laughs) all of that is taken out of your mind, you don't have to worry about it. Here is the process, here is the structure, you will be taken care of. That is literally the message you're sending to the new starter, when you share something like that with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I think, when you set up like so I, I did this today by the way um, so I, I did set up a schedule um, we had somebody and this can be done very quickly and I'm not even joking I probably did this within uh, less than 20 minutes of my day um, I scheduled everything during this time um, and then I really I just went on to Canva put in the times of one when things are going to be happening for for this new hire um what time you know like what times this is going to happen what is it for um and i put that scheduled it out on canva on like a calendar template um and sent it across and um, that took me less than maybe five five minutes at a push um <laughs> and i sent that out within within 10 minutes of doing that so that took me 10 minutes of my day that's all it took me that person is due to start tomorrow um and the person loved it because they knew exactly what they were getting um what time they had to start um who they were meeting in the morning um of the day they start i think the biggest um day for for at least my onboarding piece is my first day um is the first day because you're meeting a lot of your team members um for us you get to meet a lot of the team members and i wanted to make sure um those that this person is meeting um that they get to at least know their names before they're meeting them right so i mean for for me i haven't done the virtual um because this person didn't have time to you know, before joining us, they they got an offer on Friday. They're starting on Wednesday. We have had no events between then, um, so they haven't met the full team yet. So I wanted to make sure this person knew who is who. Um, and so when I scheduled them on the calendar, I made sure that the the people's whole names were on there, so that they could look them up on Slack when they joined that kind of thing in the morning. Um, and that they weren't you know going oh i've just got this meeting with this random person i don't even know what they do um and and this was really useful for that yes
0: i mean it's i'm just i'm really happy to see that first of all you did this turnaround so quickly but also i'm really happy to see that it worked for you and
1: dear listener i promise you it will work for you as well (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it can't go wrong. You've got a 10 minute process here. Um, If you've already scheduled it in, you know the times. Um, The easiest thing is to maybe put it on like a Excel sheet just to say this time to this time, this time to this time, this time to this time with this person. Um, And then what you can do is quickly transfer that information over onto Canva. It's very quick.
0: Absolutely. That's how I do it. My so I've created this sheet um, on I, I use Google for everything. So I have this Google sheet and super simple. I have a tab for company wide sessions and then I have a role specific tab for every other role that is being brought into the business and let's say company sessions and there's like a session about our culture run by who, how long it takes, and what is the context. Then you create from all of that, you create a calendar invite where you literally invite the person who's hosting, book it for the length of time that it says, uh, and in the description, you put the context that you wrote already. Doing that takes uh, just so much less time than trying to come up with this all on the go and having something like this saved somewhere also means that every time that you onboard maybe another product person or another salesperson you already have compiled onboarding for that role already there already all written down so all you have to do is just you know repeat <laughs> and it's just it's just sick i love it so much
1: (laughs) yeah it's super easy and like um the thing is like even you know having that there already ready to go means that if someone is starting very soon after your sla time of onboarding doesn't have to be two weeks anymore it can be one day because it can be a quick copy paste, get everything in there, um, you know, get calendars sorted. Um, But it can be a turnaround of one to two days because hiring managers are ready, um, people are ready um, to go, you know, templates are ready. And it, it is really a process that can be refined. I'm not gonna say this is a process because I'm doing it from scratch at the moment. It's not gonna be a process that is refined from day dot. Um, it's going to take you a while. It's probably going to take you more than three to four months to refine this um, process. But I can guarantee you, as three to four months go by and you're hiring even just once a month, say you are hiring once a month, um, you can actually refine this process so well and so quickly. Um, And each time you do it, as I say, practice makes perfect like today it took me 10 minutes on camera maybe next time it will take me like five or four minutes who knows you know time is money time is money and if you you know you don't have all the time in the world world and a working day um we want to make sure that your time is balanced and especially in the world of work that we're in a lot of the time you get Uh, you get sidetracked with other things (laughs) that come up Um, but don't forget because the more you process document your work the templating um, even though it seems like a drag at first the more easier it will get later down the line
0: and when we talk about refining i want to share with you guys what um what I have been doing all these years to help me in that process of refining. So after all of the onboarding sessions have been carried out for the new starter, you know, those can be spread around one week or two week period. But after the last session of that onboarding schedule, let's say, is complete, I invite the new starter for an onboarding one-to-one. And what I do there is I ask them for their feedback on three parameters. How well do they think their recruitment process has been? And I ask them things like, how did interviewers make you feel? Was the role explained to you? And now that you joined, is it actually true? Was the culture represented in the interviews correctly? And things like that to just understand what their perception was and kind of how true to ourselves we remained. I ask them about pre-onboarding and I ask them, how engaged did you feel with us from the moment you got the offer to the moment you started? How nervous did you feel through that period? Did you have enough information during that period? And then I ask them more feedback about their first couple of weeks of onboarding. I ask them, were the sessions helpful for you? Were they relevant? Were they what you expected? What did we miss? What was the highlight? What was the worst thing? And this way I get a ton of qualitative feedback that I then, um, I developed my own scoring system for that feedback. So I record it somewhere, right? I score myself on it. And then I keep my people health metrics where I have all the feedback for the first couple of weeks of onboarding. Then three months in, Uh, that is usually the time when somebody uh, not only had obviously all of their onboarding sessions, but also managed to start making their first steps towards uh, becoming more independent and becoming more involved in other projects. And maybe, you know, if it's uh, somebody with a senior role, maybe they, by then they also started uh, doing their line management duties or contributing to the roadmap or anything like that. So by that point, basically, uh, they were able to understand how their onboarding sessions contributed to their overall transition into the new business. And I send them a survey. I use Google Forms. Um, you know, free and lovely. I send them the survey and they get to say to me how integrated they feel, how their onboarding sort of went and any other stuff, you know, surrounding their overall engagement with the company and how happy they are in their role and all those things. Those two metrics help me do uh, refinement. But what they also help me do is they help me see overall the short-term impact of the pre-onboarding and onboarding. And they help me see the long-term impact of the same. And, you know, like these two, just in my experience, are just such an amazing way to, to measure um, how it worked, how it went, but also how satisfied your, your newbies are with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Little pulse surveys are a fantastic way of understanding, um, you know, where, how you could have done any part of the process better in this in this way. And um, even if you feel like you have refined this completely, there's always ways you could do it better, right? Um, In other people's eyes. And that's how you build this sort of diversity amongst your onboarding process as well. And this diversity and inclusion within your onboarding process is having different ideas, being collaborative within your onboarding process, because there are going to be times even, um, you know, where maybe you've got it wrong, like, or, you know, some somebody else has had a better experience at another company. And they're like, you could have done this better. Maybe your learning management system isn't up to up to par and maybe they didn't learn everything that they could have um, you know, in the time that they were onboarding. So these type of surveys are wonderful. I, I tend to do them at 30 days, 60 days and 90 days. Um, the 30 day survey is really um, measuring how you sort of the onboarding went, especially within the first month um have they had like sort of their one-to-ones um how's the recruitment process been for them how was the onboarding process and pre-onboarding process so far um and then i do another one at 60 days um, to understand where they're at with their like role specific onboarding um and you know is is their manager up to speed with them have they had their one-to-ones are they still keeping on track And then I do it at 90 days and the 90 days is not a probationary review, but also a testament of what they feel about the company as a whole. Do they feel like they understand the cultural values? Do they understand what the company does? Um, and it's a really like a knowledge specific survey. So do they have all the understanding that they feel like they are part of the company at this point? Um, and the reason we, I do it in three specific ways and three specific timelines, 30, 60, 90, is to understand maybe where in different areas of the process can be developed. Um, because, you know, onboarding isn't just, you know, a day. Um, with, with onboarding, it is, it is probably, you're onboarding for 90 days, generally. Um, That's how I see onboarding as a 90-day process in general, Um, especially when things like role-specific onboarding, when you've, you know, you've let them go as as a people person, you've let them go because they've understood the inner workings and processes of the company, but then they go into role-specific onboarding, which is kind of different. and to have insight into role specific onboarding so that you can um, go back to managers and say, actually, this this could have been done better. Um, You could could be doing more of this. They might need a document on this now Um, and then start refining their onboarding processes as well, Um, because it it shouldn't just come down to managers figuring it out themselves um, without direction. Absolutely.
0: Uh, We
1: touched on how
0: we are getting, or Kartika, how you specifically out of are are getting um, uh, feedback 30, 60, 90 day day, um, intervals from the new starter. But something that I recommend to do is also set up uh, a probationary transition period into the new role by setting up 30, 60, 90 day goals with the manager, uh, again, prior to the to the start of one's employment you set up those goals, you clearly define objectives for those goals, uh, and then you have your manager sit down with the new starter at those intervals and go through and calibrate together on the expectations, on what they've achieved, on kind of these objectives, whether they're relevant anymore or not. Uh, But doing that, again, will allow your new team member to have less uncertainty and more structure about their transition into your company and into their new role?
1: It gives people a very good opportunity as well um, to understand their objectives and the company's objectives um, as well with goal aligning. Um, you know, with managers, especially managers who have not particularly um, maybe managed before, um, give them a framework. I always say if managers can have a framework that they can calibrate this on um, so that this makes it easy. If you don't have a performance management tool, this can be a little bit harder um, to do a 30, 60, 90 day goal and have it um, maybe have it calibrated somewhere. Um, you know, if you don't have that performance management tool, like reflective or lattice or some things like that. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. You know, there are, are, you know, Google can do that for you. You can put 30, 60, 90-day goals on Google. Maybe you have Notion. You can put your 30, 60, 90-day goals on Notion. Maybe you use monday.com. Can you do it all on these things? Um, And it's a really good way, um, especially if you have it templated and frameworked already to set to managers um, before the person starts so that they can start filling in the 30, 30, 60, 90 days. I specifically have these goals set out uh, before a person is even to start at the hiring process stage. um, So that people understand what they are meant to be doing um, before they even sign on a dotted line for at least 90 days what the goal is. And, you know, that's super interesting because I did it the
0: opposite way. Like I had the 36 and 90 day goals conversation happen with the new starters during their onboarding. So um, that's just like a very different take on it. And I certainly understand the positives of uh, doing it in the pre-onboarding stage.
1: I will say one thing, Arya, like I think it depends on the company you're with. So if you are a fast-growing tech, ever-changing company, it's sometimes very hard to track 36 and 90-day goals because they can tend to change very quickly. Um, if you are a company that has scaled and sort of hitting your plateau and you you know, like, what people are meant to be doing and there is this, especially when a company has set in processes for hiring, um you know through hiring managers what they need need this person for that kind of thing um it becomes and once that's sort of started to become defined and started to be part of a process um because obviously we are set up budgets every year and each person does it if you're a company big enough that does it a year in advance of you know what you're hiring for q1 two three four um and why it's being done and what the objectives being met by this person um they already have that in December <laughs> um, and so it becomes very easy to put that in the beginning versus in in the onboarding stages. Um, but if you're a company that is moving with the time and just, you know, changing so quickly and you don't have that budget sort of set out and there are a lot of scaling companies that are at hyper growth that, you know, wouldn't do this sort of uh, meticulous planning per se. Um, because they're not at that stage yet um then i would say this would this would look different this would look how you would do it
0: and this is true for our podcasts for you guys we are throwing some ideas at you but at the end of the day you are the master of your destiny you are the only one who knows what is going to work not going to work uh, in your business so we encourage you to you know listen to us but adjust based on what is going to work for you
1: take what you want or take nothing if you found this useless tell us you know, tell us that it was useless. Um, but, you know, we've both probably experienced all of these things and um, Olly is a great, great source for onboarding as well. Um, you know, connect with us um, if you want to find out a little bit more about how we're doing it. Um, currently, I'm doing it from scratch for a hyper-growth company. Um, and it's been a very interesting journey for me, but I've learned also a lot from Ollie's, um onboarding experience as well. Um, I've taken a few of those things and made it sort of my own. um, And hopefully you guys can take some of the information we've given you and make it your own. Totally. Um, Right, everyone. I
0: think we've reached the end. And again, I just really, really hope that you found this uh, subject just as
1: insightful as both of us. Or half interesting, at least. (laughs)
0: It's interesting. I mean, you've asked for it. So if you don't like it, you have only yourself to blame.
1: <laughs> true. That is super true, actually. Um, <laughs> otherwise, we just won't ask you next time.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you could feel like this. I honestly next time I'm just gonna, you know, ask someone else. <laughs>
1: Oh, I I love our podcast and I hope you guys enjoyed this one because this is really cool for us to do, especially because I'm doing this as my Q4 roadmap um, with Affinity at the moment. So this was super useful for me.
0: Thank you so much, Karthika. And thank you everybody who was tuning in into this podcast today. Please connect with us on LinkedIn and send us your questions or suggestions for the next podcast subjects. It was always a pleasure and we'll see you again next time.
1: Bye, guys.